if I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose, all divided with imaginary boundaries yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided with liberty which is freedom the right of power to live one's own life without threats fear or some sort of retaliation and justice the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others for all for all which means boys and girls it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? Auto Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. Test. 
I'm still driving, I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend, mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Thursday morning, St. Louis and all. Parts northeast, south, and west, we welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you. This is the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, Kings Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com. This is where you come every morning for the live version of the show, which gives you the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. Our podcast, of course, can be heard later on this website, kevinslaytonshow.com, on Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and any place else that you listen to podcasts, you can find us. We tell you things other people don't. We use people's words to illustrate what cowards and frauds and liars they are. It's not hard to find. We have great people who find it for us as well. I don't know if you saw Biden yesterday when he was in Israel, or when more so when he was on the plane afterwards on the way back. But if that isn't a decrepit old man, I don't know what is. The entire world saw him yesterday. They need to stop sending him everywhere. He shouldn't go anywhere. He's an embarrassment. He can't even think two seconds ahead. He can't string a sentence together. He has to stop and put his hand on his head as though someone in there is pounding him. He has no idea what he's saying. He trails off and stops and then makes some excuse like, uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I shouldn't say anymore. Uh, I've already talked long enough. The minute you said hello, you spoke long enough. Anything that follows hello is going to be dangerous to this country. Pretty much dangerous to the world because he is the president of this country, and it used to be that the president's words mattered in this country. No matter where you lived, this president's words matter. Not anymore because of this clown. Everyone's embarrassed by it. I guarantee you liberals are embarrassed. They'll never say so, but they are. But what's stunning to me is that he still has any support at all in any polls. We know that they skew these polls liberal. But that still means that liberal people aren't breaking ranks. The last one I saw with independence was 52 to 39. Trump was ahead. That will be the swaying portion of the populace that puts Trump back in the White House. It won't be the Democrats. They don't break ranks. They're psychotic. I mean, there's something legitimately wrong with them. I say it every day. Probably gets old for you to hear. But I just need to pound it in everybody's head. These are psychologically unbalanced people, liberals. There's something really missing in their DNA. I'd like to say they're all a bunch of drunks and drug addicts because that would explain their stupidity and their ungodly behavior. But we know they're not all that way. Pelosi, of course, accepted. 
But we know they're not all that way, Hunter Biden. But some of them don't drink. Some of them don't do drugs. So I'm, I'm just not sure. I have trouble trying to figure it out. Our good friend Joe Biden gave $100 million more of our money to Hamas. Now, he says it's going for humanitarian aid into Gaza. Do you know who runs Gaza, you jackass? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hamas runs Gaza. So $100 million goes to them so they can hire more killers. Train more terrorists. Everybody knows that's where the money's going, of course, except the delusional nutcake, Biden. I have to believe even he knows where it's going. I know where health insurance is going. It's gone to hell pretty much around the country. But that's why I talk about Jordan Krugman every day. 314-602-4055. He's thehealthinsuranceguy.net. And now is the time if you want uh, to start considering your health care options for 2024 because open enrollment starts November 1st. It ends January 15th. He's got a lot of low-cost, comprehensive alternatives available to you that my guess is you weren't aware of. I always say I wasn't aware of them. I thought I had the best insurance plan out there. So after I'd met Jordan, I called him, and I found out I did not have the best plan. In fact, I called him yesterday to tweak the plan I have. And that's why I recommend him. He's always available. Every one of his clients has his own cell number. He has some plans that have a zero deductible. All of his plans are designed specifically for your needs, your financial needs and your health insurance needs. And he wants to eliminate your out-of-pocket costs for accidental injuries, hospitalizations, life-threatening illnesses. That's how he designs your plans. That's why a woman who had chemo treatments, a hundred grand worth, had to pay zero. That's why a woman's son who was injured playing soccer went to the emergency room and had the $2,500 deductible waived. Because Jordan writes the plan correctly. He knows what you need. He's a broker. He doesn't just sell you to some insurance company. He doesn't represent one insurance company or any. He's a broker. He represents you. He'll take your plan that he's designed for you to all the different insurance companies and get you the best deal. Licensed in 23 states, and Missouri and Illinois, of course, are included, all you have to do is call him because all of his uh, visits can be done virtually. You never have to leave your house. So give him a call today, 314-602-4055, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. And if you're looking at uh, turning 65 anytime soon, Medicare. It's confusing. They'll inundate you with materials in your mailbox every day. The mailman probably gets tired of carrying that stuff around. Throw it away. Call Jordan. He'll explain it to you so you can understand it. He'll break it down so it's simple. 314-602-4055. You will, I promise you, be happy that you made that call. Now, Biden should have made that call because clearly we're not paying enough for his health insurance. He's a lunatic. He's lost his mind. I cannot believe that we had to sit there and watch while Israel suffers this moron going over there, number one, 
But secondarily, to then promise $100 million more to the terrorists and Benjamin Netanyahu, at least according to Biden, didn't resist. Why? I understand Netanyahu has to entertain Biden as if he's his friend because he needs support in case there's a two-front war, perhaps even a three-front war. But it wouldn't be out of line for for Benjamin Netanyahu to tell Biden, screw you, given $100 million, we're completely against that. And if Biden then tried to turn his back when Israel really needed us, this country would be in outrage. It's funny that even the liberals wake up when some of them are attacked, and some of them, I mean some of them are Jewish. And some of them don't like this. They're breaking with ranks a little bit. The Democrats never break with ranks. But they are a little bit here because there are Jews among them. And they don't like what Biden's doing. And they hate Tlaib. Who doesn't hate that woman? She's the easiest woman on the face of the earth to hate. That's right. Easier to hate than Hillary Clinton. Now, Ilhan Omar gives her a run for her money, but even Ilhan Omar doesn't have as big a mouth as Regina Rashida Tlaib. You'll hear from her later on when she threatens Biden. This is how the liberals turn on each other. Republicans fight, and they fight over stupid stuff, and they're idiots, and they're spineless. Democrats, when they turn on one another, man, it's rabid. It's It's vicious. Because they're all filled with hatred. So when one of them turns on the other one, the hatred has to come out. They hate everybody. And they hate each other. And you see it when there's a disagreement. She's a terrorist. Biden supports terrorists. You'd think they have a lot in common. But she's also a complete and utter lunatic. Here was Biden yesterday announcing the $100 million that he's going to give to Hamas. He claims it's going for humanitarian purposes. And then he listen to his warning to Hamas and tell me if you'd be scared if you were them. Today I'm also announcing $100 million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. This money will support more than 1 million displaced and conflict-affected Palestinians, including emergency needs in Gaza. If Hamas diverts or steals the assistance... They will have demonstrated once again that they have no concern for the welfare of the Palestinian people. And it will end. <clears throat> As a practical matter, it will, it will stop the international community from being able to provide this aid. So let's see if we understand this. Biden is giving $100 million to Gaza for humanitarian aid. Now, we all know it's going straight to Hamas. But his claim is to Hamas and his warning if you dare take this money and steal it for your own purposes, then you expect, you know, I was expecting him to say, we will annihilate you. But no, he said, if you dare steal it, you'll demonstrate to the international community that you don't care about the welfare of the Palestinians. Haven't they demonstrated that already? They're under attack in Gaza City because of Hamas's behavior. So haven't they demonstrated this in spades? And boy, they must be shaking in their army boots that we gave them. Biden's threatening us with what? Force? No. Imminent death? No. 
He's threatening us by saying the international community won't like us. <laughs> We're pretty sure already the international community doesn't like these people. Other than, of course, North Korea, China, Iran, and Russia. Am I leaving anybody out? I might have. Maybe India. But the whole time he was over there, Biden neglected to mention Iran. Now, the Israelis know who's behind this. Everybody in the United States knows who's behind this. Everybody in the world knows who's behind it. And they're behind it because Biden funded it for them. Biden funded these murders. How many people is Biden responsible for who have been murdered? Start with our 13 soldiers in Afghanistan. Go to the 1,300 Israelis, the 30 Americans that were slaughtered in this attack. All of these people are dead because of Joe Biden. Joe Biden has murdered so many people. He has funded terrorist murderers. He's an incompetent boob and caused the death of 13 of our soldiers. And then he acts like he's the supreme comforter because he met with the families of some of the dead while he was in Israel. I hope they told him to F off and pound salt or sand or whatever you pound. Here he is bragging about the $100 million on the plane on the way home. I'm very blunt about the need to support getting humanitarian aid to Gaza. Get it to Gaza and do it quickly. I don't know what you picked up in Israel, but I got no pushback. Virtually none. Now, we don't know if that's true because he's a born liar. So my guess is he's lying. My guess is Netanyahu pushed back and pushed back strong. Because if he didn't, then Netanyahu's just a coward. And I don't believe him to be a coward. So I believe that Netanyahu resisted very strongly. I noticed that Netanyahu wasn't making any sort of a statement afterwards how much he supports Biden giving $100 million. Or if he did, I didn't see it. And so when Biden tells you that he had no pushback at all, that means Biden's a liar. Because Biden lies all the time, so you can't believe anything he says. I haven't heard him speak out about the insurrectionists at the Capitol yesterday. There was an insurrection yesterday. Did you not see it? Well, it wasn't covered by the mainstream media unless it was covered to say these poor people, the poor victims, these poor Palestinian sympathizers, terrorist sympathizers. But otherwise, they didn't cover the insurrection. There was damage done inside the Capitol. And I support Israel's sign was ripped from the wall of a congressman from Texas by the name of Randy Baker. He'll weigh in on it a little later. You'll hear what he said about it all. So there was just as much damage done as there was on January 6th. These people actually occupied the Capitol. They didn't leave when they were told to. The people on January 6th left when they were told to, even though they were escorted in by police. The insurrectionists yesterday sat on the floor of the Capitol and, as I said, did property damage inside. Now, let's see how long their jail sentences are when all is said and done. We also had a couple of people interrupt the congressional hearing, as my friend Owen Schroyer did years back. Owen got a jail sentence for it. Let's hear what their jail sentences are. We already know what they're going to be. They're going to be nothing. You'll hear them screaming and yelling, I've got it for you. 
Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, the $100 million goes straight to Hamas, doesn't it? Am I right? Exactly right. Just as we've been talking for years about the fact that the Obama and Biden administrations underwrote the Iranian regime. They have enforced sanctions. Iran now has some $50, $60 billion more than they had when we left office in January of 2021. They gave $6 billion to get five hostages back. And now the Iranians shot hold more hostages than they did when we paid ransom for the previous hostages. This policy is all just messed up. It's backwards. Instead of being a close ally and friend of Israel, instead of recognizing that the Gulf Arab states want to find a concordat, they want to find a way forward. That's why we got the Abraham Accords. The Biden administration cozied up with the Iranians with the Islamic Republic of Iran and created the context against which the slaughter of 1,300 Israelis took place. Carpe diem, Mike Pompeo. He's right. That's what we've been saying, of course. Any smart-thinking person says. You don't even have to be smart. We know that the money went to Iran. We know that Biden gave it to them and Obama. And we know that they trained terrorists with it. We know all of that. And they brag about it. Only Biden is dumb enough to say there's no evidence that says that Iran was behind it. The Iranians bragged about it. And they continue to brag about it, by the way. They haven't stopped bragging about it. We've got a bunch of fake Jews in the capital. Insurrectionists is what they are. They weren't Jewish. Some of them had a sign, Jews demand a ceasefire now or something of that nature. They weren't Jews. All I had to do was look at them. They're Palestinians. It's like a black guy trying to tell me he's white or a white guy trying to tell me he's black. We actually had that happen. Remember the white woman who claimed she was black? That teacher or whatever she was? She went so far as to go on the Today Show to tell everybody she was black. <laughs> These people are nuttier than shit, I'm telling you. They're just I'm trying to watch my foul language. It's hard to when you talk about these lunatics. So we had another insurrection. Shall we call it uh, October 18th, like we refer to January 6th? October 18th, there was another erect insurrectionist, or another insurrection. It was every bit the same as the insurrection, quote-unquote, of January 6th. Now, me being a fairly smart person, I recognize that neither of them were insurrections. However, they were the same. So if the liberals are going to call one an insurrection and throw innocent people in the political prisons of Washington, D.C., shouldn't they be throwing their own in? Now, that would be a fair world. That would be a country that doesn't have two tiers of of justice. But that's not us. We're not a fair country. We do have two tiers of justice. We are beset by corruption in Washington. It is 100% corrupt. Don't believe a word any of them say, any of them, even your favorites. If Hawley's your favorite, don't believe him. I don't believe any of them until I see action. Well, he's in the minority. Well, too bad. Do what I suggested. Hold a news conference every day. Tell us what you've been up to, Josh. All the Republicans. Have them all surround you like they do uh, you know, Mitch McConnell when he mumbles. Have them all stand around you, and you tell us what you submitted for the good of the American people on a daily basis and what Chuck Schumer rejected. Let us know. Because what we see is you do nothing. So if you are doing something, wouldn't it be politically wise to let us know that you're doing it? 
But the answer is he's not doing anything. And so when people defend Hawley, I just laugh at them. Dr. Rebecca Grant is a national security analyst. Where is this $100 million going to go, Dr. Grant? Isn't it going to Hamas? This is a group that can smuggle in everything they need to make thousands of missiles and do it indigenously. You know, they control everything in Gaza. So while I think we'd all like to hope it would go for medicine for wounded civilians, there is no guarantee. I don't think President Biden can really give us a guarantee. Actually, I don't think he did give us a guarantee. His statement was pretty weak, I thought. I would agree. Extremely weak, though, I would add. So now, no one believes that you've heard that this money will actually go to help anybody other than more terror. That's where it's going. So what do we do about it? How do we stop it? Well, Congress can stop it. They're the ones who have to appropriate it. He can't just give the money away, even though he does through other means, $6 billion that he unfreezes. Between Obama and Biden, they've given over $100 billion, with a B, billion dollars to Iran. And now they're giving $100 million more to their proxies, the terrorists. Or they want to give $100 million more. I have every confidence this time that even the stupid liberals in Congress will stop this. But maybe I'm naive. I could be. I mean, I'm seeing people in every city in this country, these either Palestinians or fake Palestinians, because remember, all of these protesters are paid by the liberals, whether it's Soros money or somebody else. They're paid to show up. They're paid to chant. Somebody writes the chants, and then they all chant stupid stuff. But they're paid to do it. So it's quite possible that these aren't even Palestinians marching through the streets of our country. But imagine... If you could have, let's just go 10 years, maybe 20 years ago, and someone said to you, someday in this country, Palestinians will riot and protest because they hate Jews after the very Palestinians slaughtered 1,300 Jews. You would have laughed at that person. You would have laughed in their face. You would have said something to the, to the ilk that your anti-Semitism is beyond belief for anyone to say that. And yet, that's what's happening. That's who we are as a country. Biden always says, we're the United States for God's sake. I don't know what you call us, but we're not the United States. You can fill in the blank with whatever term you want, really. But we're not the United States. Now, Biden believes, he actually believes this, I think, because he's so bought and paid for by Iran. He claims that Hamas doesn't represent Palestinians. The vast majority of Palestinians are not Hamas. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. You want to bet? Now, he said that with a straight face. You heard him. He said the vast majority of Palestinians are not represented by Hamas, except that it's not true. The last time they had elections in Gaza, 2006, I believe it was, 76 out of the 132 seats went to Hamas members. 
So Hamas actually does, the overwhelming majority of Palestinians actually do represent, are, are represented by Hamas. Hamas is Palestinians. They're one and the same. So the next time you hear this, it is, oh, these poor Palestinians, they elected Hamas. Much like I don't feel sorry for the United States because this country apparently elected Biden. Well, we know they didn't. And they probably didn't elect the Hamas people either, but they're in office. So I don't feel sorry for this country because nobody's thrown Biden out. And I don't feel sorry for the Palestinians in Gaza City because they are run by terrorists, just like we are. We're run by a paramilitary group. Known as the U.S. Armed Services. Until they overthrow the government, I believe our military is just as culpable as anybody else. Now you're, well, Kevin, you mean you don't respect our military? Of course I do. I respect everybody who puts their life on the line for us. But our military hasn't indicated whose side they're on. Are they on the side of the people? Or are they on the side of the corrupt government that we have? We know where the generals are. We know where the leaders are. They're all corrupt. They've all been corrupted. Now, does that mean that they've been able to indoctrinate the troops? Don't know. I just wish some of the troops would speak out. But they won't. They're petrified. We have a petrified army. I know people are going to hate me for that, but that's okay. It's the truth. You just don't want to hear it. It's the damnedest truth, and it blows me away. Do you know for certain in your mind, if the people had an uprising in this country, a civil war, would the military side with us, or would they shoot you? Would they shoot their fellow citizens? I can't say for certain. If I had to give my opinion, I would say they would turn on us. What would you think? Be honest with yourself. What do you think? There's no indication that the branch, that military branch of our government isn't just as corrupt. And I mean from the top on down, right through the rank and file, as the FBI, the CIA. Everybody always makes excuses for the rank and file. Well, it's not the rank and file, except that it is. Unless you believe that Nazi soldiers were innocent of just carrying out their orders, you would believe that everyone in the FBI who's taken part in these midnight raids, these late morning, early morning raids on pastors, on elderly men like Roger Stone, on Mar-a-Lago, you'd believe that just following orders is okay. So when the military, the generals... order the rank and file to stop us if we want to overtake the capital. What does that tell you? And they'll tell you they're just following orders. I'll tell you, stand up for the people. You're one of us. You're not one of them. All the military people are not one of them. Remember, the military rank and file has quietly accepted critical race theory, all the other bullshit they've been being force-fed. And I know they're being force-fed. But but that doesn't matter. They're accepting it. 
They're accepting it. And they're not complaining about it. They're not resisting it. They might privately tell their friends, I don't go along with this. Well, then say something. If the military rank and file would stand up, people like Christopher Ray and Lloyd Austin would be out. They'd have no control over them. Stand up. Be heard. Be counted. We want to know where you stand. We want to know if you're with us. Or are you with Biden? Because he's a corrupt criminal. This guy is so out out of it. On his flight back to the United States, he foolishly went in front of the press there and let them question him a little bit. And this is the kind of stuff he comes up with. Keep in mind, 1,300 Jews have been slaughtered. 30 Americans have been slaughtered. Little children have been raped, beheaded, burned alive in front of their parents. And Biden thinks it's funny. He thinks there needs to be a joke. Look, and I'm not suggesting that Hamas deliberately did it either. It's that old thing. Got to learn how to shoot straight. Uh, you know, and, uh, and it's not the first time Hamas has launched something that didn't function very well. So I, I don't know all the detail, but I do know the people at the Defense Department who I respect, and the intelligence community that I respect, is highly improbable that Israel did that. He's talking about the parking lot strike. Keep in mind, the hospital did not take a direct hit. Now, most people don't understand that because that's not what the media tells you. The media told you right away the Israelis bombed a hospital. Never happened. But how many slaps in the face can you give Israel in that statement right there? You know, it's the old saying, you got to learn how to shoot straight. How insensitive is that comment? When 1,300 Jews have been slaughtered, when 30 Americans have been slaughtered, he, but he doesn't give a shit about the Americans either, by the way. And then he claims that he trusts the United States intelligence community, which is a laugh, that Israel probably didn't do it. He doesn't mention the Israeli military, which conducted a thorough investigation into that missile strike, or dud, and that they showed all of the technology that they used to track where it was fired from, what military equipment by the Israelis was used at that very time. There isn't any doubt. It doesn't appear to be. There's a radio recording that the Israeli military has got of the Hamas fighters talking to each other, admitting it was them. But this guy says it it doesn't appear to be Israel because our intelligence tells him that. He doesn't even mention what the Israeli intelligence found out and that there is no doubt. It's not that it doesn't appear to be. It's that it wasn't Israel.
And maybe he should be as concerned about the slaughtering of 1,300 Israeli children and, and adults as he is about one hospital in Gaza City that didn't even get struck. But you got to learn how to shoot straight. That's what he's telling the, the Hamas terrorists. you got to learn how to shoot straight. If you want to kill more Jews, you got to learn how to shoot straight. That's what he's saying. He's a Jew-hating bigot. He hates blacks. He hates Hispanics. He hates white people. He hates anybody named, not named Biden. Because money's involved when you're a Biden. I mean, you know, you've got plenty of money to steal. <laughs> it's such a joke. I mean, it is such an effing joke, isn't it? Got to learn how to shoot straight. Right? Got to learn how to shoot straight, says Biden. And he gives you his word. I give you my word as a Biden. As a Biden. Synonymous with truth teller. He completely disgraced the office of the presidency while he was in Israel. Completely. I don't think you can embarrass the office any more than he does. But while he was at it, he decided he would also humiliate Israel. You just heard part of that humiliation. Here's more. I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not, not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we've got, a lot, we've got to overcome a lot of things. Americans are greedy with you. They really are. And Americans are worried. Israel, as they respond to these attacks, seems to me that they have to continue to ensure that you have what you need to defend yourselves. And uh, we're going to make sure that occurs, as you know. People of Gaza need food, water, medicine, shelter. Let me be clear. If Hamas diverts or steals the assistance, they will have demonstrated once again that they have no concern for the welfare of the Palestinian people. It will stop the international community from being able to provide this aid. Shut up. Shut up. We've heard enough of you disgracing the office of the presidency. How dare you tell the Israeli officials it was the other team? The other team? What is this, a Little League game? And by the way, a lot of people don't believe it, so we've got a lot to overcome. Who says stuff like that? He's talking about the psychopath Palestinians that are in the streets of America and, and conducting an insurrection at the Capitol. Who gives a flying F what they think? Nobody needs to overcome what they think. They're delusional nut jobs, just like you. That's why you identify with them so strongly. Because you're as nutty as they are. But let's make no mistake. The United States of America has a Jew-hating bigot in the White House. And there isn't any doubt about that, Biden. We don't need any further assurance. We don't need any further validation than your performance in Israel yesterday. We knew you'd screw it up by going over there. We knew it. And you didn't disappoint. 
you humiliated the United States, you embarrassed forever the office of the presidency, and you emboldened the enemy, and then you gave them more money. Good God, how many F-ups can you make in one trip? He's on an international stage, and he forgets his own bullshit. I asked the Secretary of State, would he and I are working in the Senate to write something for a man? He said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we lead, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it, I'll wait later. Taking too much time. <laughs> if it wasn't so sad, I'd laugh all day. He's, he's telling some great st- story his Secretary of State told him one time. and Well, uh, I forgot, so I won't go into it. I, I've taken enough time. Taken enough time. If you really considered yourself the leader of the free world, it doesn't matter how much time you take. But he's been told by his handlers, you have X amount of minutes to speak and then shut up before you become a complete laughingstock. Well, of course, it's way too late for that. He's already become that. But those words were said on an international stage yesterday. What do you think the enemy thinks? Wow, I'm afraid of him. That bastard can't even remember what he was saying two minutes ago. (laughs) Wow. Victor Davis Hanson, what message did Biden send our enemies with that $100 million donation to terrorism? The message that's going out in the Middle East is... If you have a lie that the Israelis hit a hospital and you promulgate it all over the Western and the Middle Eastern worlds and you get protests, then the American president humiliated uh, because he has no deterrence, then he will give you a $100 million Dengeld. And the funny thing is that in a weird way, we're basically saying to the Palestinians, go kill Israeli children and women and we're going to reward you out with $100 million. And what's even worse is... We're saying to the world, if that missile that was intended to kill Jewish civilians in Tel Aviv had not missed the target and accidentally hurt some or killed some Palestinians, then we wouldn't even give them money, probably. We're only giving money because we're paranoid. They're angry over a lie that uh, that the Israelis did something. But it, if it wasn't a lie and they had really killed Israelis as intended, we probably would have said, well, that's okay. We don't really mind that. He's 100% right. You want to kill more Jews, it's perfectly okay with us. But, oh, we don't want to make you mad. Here's $100 million more. Are you still mad at us? Wow. I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Try to count the ways that this guy humiliated this country again. But the, the real... Point of outrage in this country today should be the insurrection. If we were outraged by January 6th, and we weren't, of course, those of us with a functioning brain, shouldn't you be outraged about yesterday? Where are you, liberals? You pack of frauds? Where are you? I can't wait to ask my own brother who claimed there was video evidence of all of this mayhem on January 6th, but when asked to produce it, of course he couldn't, and the reason was simple, it doesn't exist. But I can't wait to ask him, are you up in arms over this insurrection yesterday? 
Sure looked like one to me. Now, the liberals will say, well, nobody died. Well, the only person that died on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt and another lady who was there protesting who was trampled by the police. Nobody else died. I love it when the liberals say, people died on January 6th. Yeah, the people you killed. No one else died. Well, police were hurt. Were they? I don't know if they were. You can say anything you want without proving it, but you haven't proven it. Oh, you trotted up a couple of fake cops to cry and and join Adam Kinzinger and Shifty Schiff and fake cry. You wanted everybody to get sympathy that hate Donald Trump. Oh, we hate him even more now. Look at the poor policeman crying. Look at poor Adam Kinzinger and Adam Schiff crying. It's an Adam thing, I remember Schiff saying that day. No, it's a gay thing, you two. Does anybody else think Adam Schiff is gay? I do. Not that that's anything wrong with that, as Seinfeld once famously said. But why don't you just come out and admit it? I mean, you're a liberal after all. And if you're not gay, you're missing a hell of a chance. But not that there's anything wrong with that. It's unbelievable, though, how silent they all are. Big Mouth Shift couldn't talk enough about January 6th. All of them blame Donald Trump for it. Where's Joe Biden's condemnation? Well, did Joe Biden issue a statement telling them all to go home? I mean, that's what you wanted from Trump. That was such a criticism of Trump. He waited a couple of hours before he told them to go home. Biden still hasn't said anything. Here we sit 24 hours later. He hasn't told anybody to stop it. The hypocrisy is outrageous. It should anger you. If it doesn't, you're incapable of being angered. But this kind of hypocrisy is of another level. Because it's coupled with liberal arrogance. They don't care that they're hypocrites. It doesn't even phase them. It doesn't deter more hypocrisy. And lies. These hypocritical liars are proud of those character traits that they possess. And if you disagree with them, why, you must be a racist. A white supremacist. An insurrectionist. They have a lot of ists in the Liberal Party. But none of them make any sense. None of them matter to anyone who's intelligent. And none of them should matter. But we do have a president who thinks the Hamas terrorists need to learn how to shoot straight. And to that end, he'll give them $100 million. You can train a little better, please, so that you can shoot straight. And then warn the Hamas terrorists, for, to save face, I suppose he thought he was doing, if you intercept this $100 million, wink, wink, We're not going to do anything to you, but we're going to make the rest of the world know that you're bad. Okay, thank you. You complete and utter ass.
You know, I'll give Biden this. On a daily basis, at some point, you probably say to yourself, as I do, well, he couldn't get any dumber. He couldn't say anything dumber tomorrow than he said today. And you got to give him credit. He proves that theory wrong every single time he opens his mouth. Every time. This black congressman by the name of Colin Allred was walking through the halls of Congress in the Capitol yesterday. He was confronted by a reporter for a vote that he made, and he threatened the reporter. Congressman Allred, do you regret calling for the release of millions of dollars to Hamas? You're on federal property. Can't do this here. Congressman Allred, do you regret calling for the release of millions of dollars to Hamas? You really can't do that Congressman Allred, do you regret calling for the release of millions of dollars to Hamas? You really can't do that here. I'll call the Capitol Police for you. How about his assistant? You really can't be here. F you. He's in the Capitol building where reporters are every day. How about Auburn? What a coward he is. Do you regret voting to unfree $6 billion for terrorists? Pretty simple, straightforward question. And carpe diem to that reporter who is nameless. I don't know who he is, but he wasn't deterred by that coward. Your threats. Go fuck yourself, Allred, you piece of shit. There I go. I told myself I wasn't going to swear. But the liberals bring it out in you. I wish the reporter would have punched him right in the mouth. And you know what? I want that to happen. That needs to happen. You abject pussy. Okay, the police on you. How about this? I'll give you a reason to call him. Boom! Drop you like a lead weight, you effing coward. Answer the question. You gave terrorists $6 billion. You have blood on your hands, you black coward. These people are sickening. He thinks because he's black, he's immune to any questioning. Go F yourself. I can't stomach these people. They're all sickening. Every last one of them. Now, Biden never mentioned Iran, as we've discussed, not once. Why would he Why would he threaten Iran? Why would he tell the truth about Iran? Because he's supporting them financially. It's pretty simple. But instead of calling them out, he allows a guy by the name of Hossein, I'll try to get this right, Amir Abdahayan, who's the Iranian foreign minister, to threaten us. If the limited and extremely tight windows of opportunity available to the United Nations and political actors are not used over the coming hours, opening new fronts against the Zionist regime is inevitable. I'm not quite sure of the details there, but it sounded like he's saying... If someone doesn't stop Israel from attacking us, we're going to blow up people. It's inevitable, he said. He's the Iranian foreign minister. But Biden says there's no evidence that Iran's involved at all. None. 
None. Can you imagine that comment? None. And then you have cowards like Colin Alred and his female, what, protector? You really can't do this. Shut up. Shut your effing mouth, you worthless piece of crap. You, you vermin. So now we've got the Iranian foreign minister. This is how afraid they are of Biden. Threatening everybody. They don't care. They know Biden's not going to do a damn thing. And make sure you understand this. He's not going to do a damn thing. It will not happen. We know it will not happen. Nathan Sales is the uh, former counterterrorism coordinator. And you have to ask yourself, Nathan Sales, what did Iran do just yesterday? If, if we're not to think that Iran is a threat and Biden doesn't even mention them, why don't you tell us what they did just yesterday? Just today, Iran upped the ante yet again. We're not just talking about words, but we're talking about deeds. Because Iranian terror proxies in Iraq launched three drones, suicide drones, at American soldiers in Iraq. Now, thankfully, we were able to take them out before they caused any death or damage. But that gives you a sense that Iran doesn't take the administration's word for it when we say sit on the sidelines or there will be consequences. Iran is not deterred. Of course they're not. Why would they be? They're they're shooting at American soldiers. Three drones trying to kill them. Our people are pretty good, though. They intercepted them. And yet not a word of condemnation from Biden. Not a word. He's too busy defending people like Colin Alred, the cowardly black Texas... Uh, congressman who want to threaten reporters with police because the reporter asked a question. Asked a question. What was the question? The question was why, and do you feel badly, about giving, unfreezing, $6 billion for terrorists? How does this guy from Texas, I mean, honestly, it's in the northeastern corner of Dallas. Garland, Richardson, Texas, those counties, suburbs. I lived down there for a while. I know where that area is. I didn't realize it was populated with such cowards. But it is. What a tough guy. That should go viral. This is how media is intimidated in this country by these cowards. Can you imagine that? You're not supposed to ask that question here. Here? What do you mean here? Are we in church? And even if you're in church, you can ask the question. I'm pretty sure God wants to know why you voted to unfreeze $6 billion and give them to murderers. I'm pretty sure God wants to know that answer. Now, we know, because we're not stupid, that when Biden was with Netanyahu, he was doing everything he could to restrain Netanyahu from attacking Gaza. We know that. In fact, Biden virtually admitted it afterwards while he was talking to reporters, and then 
LBLL, the little black lesbian liar, came rushing in to shoo the reporters away. There's a lesser chance now that Israel won't go in and um, into Gaza, and that can be averted. We had long talk about that and what alternatives there are. What alternatives there are? I'm sorry, that's not where, where the LBLL came in. It's the next one. What alternatives there are? What alternatives? Restraint. Don't go in. If Netanyahu doesn't follow through on his promise, the people of Israel need to oust him immediately. He's, he's exactly what Trump has described him as, a cowardly phony. Now, Netanyahu, you've talked tough for years. I, in fact, have admired him. He seemed to follow up on his tough talk. But then when you look at the record, he hasn't really followed up that often. But if he follows up once, you think, oh, God, he's a tough guy. But all of the good things he said to Trump and to Trump's face, he says the same to Biden. So there wasn't this special relationship between Trump and Netanyahu that Netanyahu portrayed it as. And even Trump thought it was. Trump moved our embassy to Jerusalem like the Jews have wanted forever, like American president after American president after American president has promised, but only one delivered. There was no greater friend to Israel than Donald Trump. Of course, the liberals said he was anti-Semitic. <laughs> the guy who does everything for Israel while he's president, the guy whose own daughter converted to Judaism, the guy whose grandchildren are Jewish, is an anti-Semite. But that's the liberals. Because you have to be something. Here's Biden asked on the plane about talking to the families and asked about the hostages. Actually, this is the hostage question. He was asked about the hostages being released. And this is when LBLL rushes in to throw a lifesaver to him. What about getting people out? Okay, guys, we got to we got to wrap it up, guys. We got to wrap it up for dumb shit says something stupid. How about him saying we're going to get people out, but we're not going to share it with you. We're not going to share it with us because you're not going to get people out. That's why. You haven't rescued a single damn hostage. Independent groups have gone over and rescued them. Former Navy SEALs have gone over and rescued them. A congressman from Florida pulled 77 hostages. Well, I won't say hostages, but got 77 people out of Israel to get them out of harm's way. But former Navy SEALs have freed hostages. Some of the commandos from Israel, from the Mossad, have freed 20-something hostages. How many have you freed, Biden? I'll tell you the answer to that. Zero. Then he was asked about talking to the families, and he pretends to be the supreme comforter. I'm the guy who's the president who comforts everybody. Can you talk about the impact of meeting the survivors and the first responders? That's all personal. Look, I... I spent an hour and a half about 17 or 18 before assembling, and I don't know how to say this. 
virtually every mass shooting, every circumstance where a large number of people have been victimized and lost, I've spoken with. <laughs> I've spoken with families of mass shootings. What what does that mean? They asked you about the murdered Israeli people, the, the families of those who were murdered and slaughtered and raped and beheaded. And you launch into some comment about, well, I spent an hour and a half, 17, um, then he's silent. Uh, I don't quite know how to say this. Uh, virtually every mass shooting I've talked to people. What? If it's anything like your comforting words to the parents and families of the 13 American soldiers you murdered in Afghanistan, they'd prefer not to hear from you. Those people hate you. We've heard them speak in front of Congress. They hate Biden for the way he treated them. And, of course, the fact that he murdered their sons and daughters. They detest the ground he walks on. And he's bragging about how he's such a comforter in mass shootings. Was this a mass shooting that took place in Israel on October 7th? It sounded like a slaughter of an entire group of people. 1,300 Israelis, 30 Americans. Did you talk to those families? Only when there's a school shooting does Biden want to call attention to it. What a pathetic, worthless life this guy has lived. What a failure. Wow. Thief. Robber. Liar. Every one of those adjectives applies directly to Biden. Son of a bitch. Yep, that applies. Worthless. Yep. Pathetic. Oh, yeah. Coward. You bet. Phony, of course. Criminal. Bingo. He's all of those things. And he can't hide. Everybody's on to him. Everybody knows. Everybody knows what he is. I don't think he likes that. He's starting to come to that realization when he's awake. I mean, if you saw him speak yesterday, uh, he was sitting there in a chair next to Netanyahu. And I would swear that he was asleep. I swear he fell asleep. It certainly looked like it. And these pauses where he goes off, what's in that brain of his then? Wow. Wow. You look like he's going to fall over. And, of course, he comes down the little boy steps when the plane lands. That alone is so embarrassing. But that doesn't stop historians, quote-unquote, like John Meacham and Michael Beschloss, two liberal psychos, from going on CNN and praising this visit to Israel as some sort of heroic gesture. 
president's now done this twice. Uh, he went to yeah. Kiev. This is a remarkable moment uh, in the history of the American presidency for a president to go this soon into this kind of climate. Joe Biden went to both places in the middle of a in the middle of a war, risked his life to try to bring some order to the chaos. Risked his life to try to bring order to the chaos. You saw his visit to the palace in Ukraine of his equally corrupt counterpart, Zelensky, that all shooting was suspended around that entire area. He went for a walk, risked his life. How did he risk his life in Israel? He went to the headquarters of the government. They act like he traipsed across the border into Gaza City, shook his finger in the Hamas's face and said, you MFers, don't you ever do this again. That isn't what happened, by the way, in case these idiots didn't know that. He didn't go into a war zone either time. And he sure as hell didn't risk his life. But these two lunatics who call themselves historians, can you imagine if they were to write history how awkward it would be for young kids reading their accounts and saying, that doesn't jive with the facts. Ari Fleischer, who was President George W. Bush's press secretary, if it was up to these rioters, who these insurrectionists who overtook the Capitol, what would happen? I mean, if these people had their way, the Israeli democracy would be slaughtered. I want, I want to make some points about Biden's trip over there because he committed three blunders that have to be brought out to people's attention. You know, when he said that Israelis should not be consumed by rage, who the hell does he think he is? I sat in on every single summit meeting with foreign leaders when they came to the United States after September 11th and met with President Bush. Not a one of them. Not one said to President Bush, the Americans shouldn't be consumed with rage. Instead, they just came to support us. So President Biden, who said some good things, never should admonish or lecture Israel about how to react like that. The second thing he did that was just horrendous was inside that statement where he talked about the other team, which is a weird way to put it. He talked about how it didn't appear that Israel bombed the hospital, but then he said, quote, there's a lot of people out there who are not so sure. He's talking about the protesters in the streets of Lebanon and in Jordan. Why is he giving them any credence whatsoever? Why is he even citing them as being a source that should be worried about? Why doesn't he just say they're yeah. wrong? Israel didn't do it and stop right there. The third is the $100 million. Massive mistake. It's oh, typical God. foreign policy establishment thing. Good summation of the trip. Very good. Even though he talked about the other team. And you've got Ilhan Omar, who posted this tweet. Bombing a hospital is among the gravest of war crimes. The IDF reportedly blowing up one of the few places the injured and wounded can seek medical treatment and shelter during a war is horrific. Except it never happened. And she never took the tweet down. Even the fake New York Times changed its headline three times. Their initial headline, Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinians say. Imagine quoting Palestinians as any kind of source of accuracy if you're a journalist. 
Kevin, where'd you get this story before we print it? Well, the Palestinians told me. Oh, well, then by all means, let's print it. <laughs> then it was eventually changed to at least 500 dead in blast at Gaza Hospital. Again, though, Palestinians say. Neither of those things were true. Neither of them. These people are nuts. By the way, there was a Brazilian, or excuse me, Barzillai Medical Center in Israel. That was destroyed. Did Ilhan Omar tweet about that? No. No, 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 no. There's no reason to. So between she and Tlaib, you've got some real criminals in Congress. That much we know. Mike Pompeo, did Biden mention Iran? I didn't hear him mention it the whole time he was there. And the president of the United States travels to Israel and doesn't mention the address to which this should be held responsible, right? The Islamic Republic of Iran. I hope that we will continue to give Israel the space and the resources it needs to do the necessary for its own people, because it's necessary for Americans as well. There's still American hostages being held there as well. Uh, if we just if we just get Hamas, that will be a good thing. It will save lives. It will eliminate one threat to the Jewish people in their homeland. But make no mistake about it, this came from Iran in spite of President Biden and his team's unwillingness to acknowledge that. They underwrote it. They trained them. They prepared them. There is no doubt they knew about this. And it will be their decision about whether Hezbollah comes in from the north. And that this is not inevitable. America can deter a two-front war for Israel, but it's going to require American leadership that I simply have not seen and not appeasement. And the fact President Biden goes there and says, I'm going to give the Palestinians another $100 million of U.S. taxpayer money is exactly the kind of appeasement that brought us to the very day that we're sitting in right here today. Carpe diem, Mike Pompeo. 100% right. What are you giving them more money for? Why isn't there more outrage about that? Why does Fox News Channel keep showing protesters as opposed to putting people on who should scream about another $100 million to terrorists? Jim Hansen, who studies these things, knows how Arab children are taught, how the culture of all of this terrorist activity is taught at a young age. It's the entire culture is built around the idea that Jews are the source of all evil and the state of Israel is an abomination. And you can see that in the way they indoctrinate their children in their education system to hate Jews and consider it their holy duty to die as disposable weapons trying to wipe them out and push them into the sea. It's truly sickening. That's something to never forget. Arabs are taught it's okay to die if you hate Jews. So they have no respect for life. That's why they do the savage, barbaric things that they do. They're taught that. So when you see Arab children getting killed, you think to yourself, at first it's sad, but then, wait a minute, that's just one future terrorist that's gone. That's what these people are. As I've said many times, right after 9-11, my son went on a recruiting trip to the University of Buffalo for basketball, and I told him if there are more, if there's more than one Arab on the plane, get off. And I subscribe to that today. If I get on a plane and there's more than one Arab, I'm getting off. If you don't think they're here, 
ready to cause more havoc on this country, you're crazy. Absolutely, positively crazy. So this is Biden's foreign policy. Keep giving money to terrorists. And then telling the Jews, the Israeli prime minister, that, hey, uh, it looks like the other team shot the hospital or shot at the hospital, missed. They need to learn to shoot straight so they can kill more people. Uh, But we don't think it was you. But by the way, we're going to give $100 million to the terrorists so they can come at you even stronger. That's American foreign policy under Biden. And the liberals thought Donald Trump's foreign policy was bad. President Trump has essentially minimized, minimized or sublimated the idea of the U.S. as kind of the underpinning of a rules-based international order. President Trump, we've had bad presidents before, bad foreign policy presidents. We have absolutely hit bottom, and it's, it's frightening. Donald Trump is really ruining and destroying American foreign policy. Now, they were saying all of the things that are true about Biden, but they just had the wrong name. They kept saying Trump. They made a mistake. I wonder if they thought it was heroic of President Trump when he stepped across that border line into North Korea. Anything could have happened to him. I know in reading accounts of it, Jared Kushner and Ivanka were petrified for their, for her father and his father-in-law. No one knew what would happen. But that's a, that's a leader. We have zero leadership in this country. Do you think for one second that President Donald Trump wouldn't have mentioned Iran's role in these attacks? Do you think that? If you do think that, you're a special kind of liberal stupid. You're dumber than most liberals, which is really dumb, by the way. If that's what you really believe. I don't think anybody could possibly believe that. Two Palestinian mobsters disrupted the congressional hearing yesterday. Now, my friend Owen Troyer, when he called out to Jerry Nadler and told him what a crook he was in the middle of a hearing, he was not only escorted out, but he was arrested and charged and now jailed. Jailed. What's going to happen to these mobsters? Listen to them. How many moms need to be found on Gaza before we over a ceasefire? How many children need to be killed? Our families are dying. Our families are dying. We need a ceasefire now. We need a ceasefire now. Ceasefire now. Ceasefire now. We need a ceasefire now. Stop. Stop sending aid to Israel. Stop the Israeli genocide. Listen to that screaming witch. When they were yelling ceasefire now, somebody should have shot him. Boom. Goodbye. You Palestinian mobsters, that's all they are. Sending aid to Israel. Hey, stupid ass. The aid went to the terrorists. $100 million. It hasn't gone there yet, but that's where he wants it to go. (laughs) Congressman Randy Weber was in his office yesterday when the insurrectionist tore a sign that he had on his wall that said, I stand by Israel. That's what happens when the insurrectionists take over. This is what happens when unrealistic, uneducated people who want to support the killing of innocent Israelis, innocent Jews, whether they're elderly, 
whether they're middle-aged, whether they're married or unmarried, whether they're children, male or female, whether they're babies, when they want to decapitate babies, they want to come into this Capitol building and wreak havoc. They want to tear down and destroy public property because they don't have a clue what's going on in the Middle East. They want to blame Israel. I, for one, am not going to stop standing for Israel and never will I give up on Israel and the United States shouldn't either. These people shouldn't be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Anybody think they will be? Anybody think they'll face any kind of charges? They'll quietly be dismissed and they'll go away. That's the way this country works. Rashida Tlaib can scream bloody murder in the streets of Washington. She can threaten the president like Chuck Schumer threatened the United States Supreme Court. Nothing happens to them. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital with children. So we have to speak the truth. We gotta continue, stop allowing people to police our words, to target what we say. To police our words. I didn't see anybody stopping her from running her uninformed big mouth. I didn't see anybody going up to her and saying, you're a lying bitch. There was no hospital that was hit, and the Israelis didn't attack it anyway. You're a liar. I didn't see anybody say that to her. I didn't see anybody go up and say, stop spreading lies. Nobody. You Palestinian mobster, you terrorist. That's what she is. And that's how they operate. They've now infiltrated our Congress with people like Talib and Omar. And all of these unemployed losers who were at the Capitol yesterday are now insurrectionists, aren't they? That's what they called the Trump supporters. Difference was, the Trump supporters took a day off work to go there and protest. These people protest for a living. So they were working. That's when they were, that's when they were actually employed. Talib wasn't done, though. She threatened Biden. To my president, to our president, I'm not going to forget this. And I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a threat. It isn't. They, they think we're joking. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just going to sit back and let this just continue to happen. Sure sounds like a threat to me. Oh, it's not a threat, she says. It's really not. Okay, it's really, 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 really not a threat. If you got enough reallys in there, we'll believe you. But it sure sounds like a threat. We're not going to forget this, and if you think we're going to sit back and do nothing, you're wrong. That sounds like a threat. I'm not sure how else you could phrase it, and it'd be a threat. Kaylee McEnany, your thoughts on people like Rashida Tlaib. They are standing up for terrorists. Rashida Tlaib gets to go home in her nice cozy bed this evening and snuggle up under the covers. Ilhan Omar gets to do the same. You know who doesn't get to do that? The Gazan children who were killed by Hamas terrorists who they are covering for. You know who doesn't get to do that, Jesse? Kafir, a nine-month-old boy. Google him now. K-F-I-R, Kafir. Type in hostage and you will see a picture of a beautiful little boy smiling, holding a pink elephant with yellow ears. 
That little boy isn't having his diapers changed by terrorists. That little boy isn't getting fed. Neither are Roz and Aviv, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Beautiful girls in pink dresses who are now in the hands of Hamas. Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Hakeem Jeffries, who won't denounce them. They get to sleep in their bed tonight, snuggle with their children if they have them. These kids are the victims. So too are the Gazan children who they won't condemn. The Hamas terrorists are indiscriminate. They target Palestinians. They target Israeli children. And I don't want to hear it from the radical left and the sympathizers and Joe Biden, who has yet to denounce them. Carpe quadruple diem, Kaylee McEnany. How about Biden? Hasn't denounced any of it. Remember all the questions of Donald Trump? Do you denounce white supremacy, white supremacists? Do you denounce David Duke? David Duke. <laughs> do you, you uh, Chris Wallace at the debate, do you denounce them? Answer me. But here's Wuhan Willie strolling around like he's on Mars. He doesn't denounce any of it. Even Tlaib who threatened him. That's how stupid he is. Jackie Heinrich asked Hakeem Jeffries if he would be okay with the comments that Tlaib and uh, Omar tweeted out. Listen to this liar. There's two of your colleagues, Congresswoman Tlaib and Omar, who have tweets up saying that Hamas is to blame for the hospital attack in Gaza. Should they delete those tweets? I haven't seen the tweets. He hasn't seen the tweets. All of America has seen the tweets, you liar. Here's what's amazing about liberals. The lies they tell without batting an eye are so preposterous that no one believes them. Do you th- does anyone think that Hakeem Jeffries hasn't seen the tweets of Omar and Tlaib calling out and condemning Israel for bombing a hospital that never happened? A, the hospital wasn't bombed. B, the Israelis didn't fire the missile that hit the parking lot next to it. There was no structural damage of any of the buildings around the hospital. They act as like this was some sort of 9-11 where it brought the Twin Towers down. So B, your idiots fired the dud missile. And C, there was no damage anyway. 500 children. No, there wasn't. I'm not even sure if there were any casualties. Haven't seen a definitive word on that. But either way, it wasn't the Israelis. And then, of course, we have the ongoing psychodrama in the House where they can't, the Republicans can't seem to elect a speaker. They are starting to embarrass themselves now. But that didn't stop drunk Nancy Pelosi perhaps having a lunchtime of vodkas, vodka martinis, from slandering Jim Jordan. When we've had a, a, uh, a speaker's race on our side or their side, we've always respected each other's judgment. But today and yesterday, that, that was an assault on our democracy as Jim Jordan assaulted our democracy on January 6th. Jim Jordan assaulted our democracy on January 6th. How many vodka martinis does it take to say something that stupid? (laughs) To tell such a lie about someone. To slander someone. 
your colleague, because you're so classy, Pelosi. You're just loaded with class. Have another drink, you public drunk. Jim Jordan assaulted our democracy on January 6th. Does anybody out there, and yes, the answer is yes, liberals do, believe that kind of nonsense? What did Jim Jordan do? What did he do on January 6th? He was in Congress. I don't know if he was in session right then. I don't know if he was had his life threatened by protesters. But what did he do that assaulted democracy? They love to assault democracy, these liberals. You're assaulting democracy again. What, what am I doing? You're assaulting democracy. You know what it is. Pass me a vodka. What a drunk. This is a woman that has been in Congress for 30 some odd years, probably 40 by now. She's actually been the speaker twice, and she's nothing but a two-bit drunk. What a piece of crap. Way to stay classy, Nanner. Stay classy. (laughs) By the way, during all of this, Biden has drained down our strategic oil reserves again. David Bonson is president of a group that oversees this. How low are our levels of strategic oil? Well, I think that now, if you have a real emergency, you don't have the reserves that the uh, entire purpose of them is for. They're going to be gone. Uh, we had 650 million barrels. Uh, they took 300 million barrels. So basically about half. And they did it when there was no real emergency involving us. And it was a price shock, as you said, in a midterm election. That's the whole reason they did it. The problem now is that if this Middle Eastern escalation goes on for a long period of time, those prices will go over $100 a barrel. That will create a recession, and they won't have the reserves to fall back on. You have the whole world shut down with COVID in 2020, and we still viewed the SPR as something that was really there for an extreme-type emergency. Now you have the Biden administration that's treated it like a piggy bank to try to manipulate gas prices, and I think the chickens are coming home to roost. And as he mentioned, he manipulated the gas prices for the midterms. That's all that was. You had Biden stealing from our strategic oil reserves at the midterms so the prices would come down, then suckered in the stooges to vote for Democrats, and then, of course, stupidly not buying the oil back at a reduced price, and now that it's a lot higher, he's not going to buy any of it back. So where do oil prices stand right now, David Bonson? Oil prices are 90 now. They were about $70 for most of this year. They were between 68 and 72. You know how many barrels they bought in eight months? Three million barrels out of 300 million. So they sold 300 million last year and they had oil prices down $25 a barrel and they bought 1% of them back. Now oil prices have come back to 90 and could very well be back at 100. So I do not believe the administration has any intent to refill them because inevitably if they do that, it puts pricing pressure the other way. They've given full control to OPEC plus. Full control from energy independent to giving full control to OPEC. Those are crimes. Biden should be arrested as a criminal for so many reasons, but especially that one. 
Remember, it was the great Nancy Pelosi, the great philosopher, who said that you can't run the government like a business. And yet Donald Trump did just that. And if you run the government like a business, if you're smart enough to, Biden's never run a business in his life, except a corruption, a crime family. Then you were buying those barrels of oil back at those discounted prices. But now that they've gone up again to $90 a barrel, you can't. A good businessman would have. But then again, a good businessman can't run the federal government because Pelosi is such a great businesswoman. Every one of these people in Congress who become wealthy, become wealthy through corruption. It's incredible that none are in jail. How does that work? I mean, we had some of them, Kelly Loeffler from Georgia, a senator, a Republican, who was in, insider trading like a bat out of hell. She not in jail. Martha Stewart went to jail for it. Kelly Loeffler didn't. She's not alone, of course. Nancy Pelosi leads the parade. Pelosi actually controlled the legislation in the House where all of these stocks were going to be affected and then had her husband trading like a fruitcake and making millions knowing that she controlled the future of those companies. She's not in jail. He's not in jail. And they're not alone. I'd love to have access to every single stock portfolio of every congressman or woman. See how much they've made illegally trading on insider information. But we can count on Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor of Arkansas, to step up and lay the law down to these Chinese criminals. She has a lot of Donald Trump in her and her father the same. And she's banning our Chinese enemies from acquiring or holding land in Arkansas. In fact, she's forcing one Chinese company to sell it. In a Chinese Communist Party whose stated goal is to defeat the United States at every turn. Yet for too long, in the name of tolerance, we've let these dangerous governments infiltrate our country. Arkansas will tolerate them no longer. Today, we are becoming the first state in the country to take an action like the one that we are announcing right now. At the beginning of my term, my administration worked with our partners in the legislature to get hostile foreign entities out of Arkansas. I was proud to sign Act 636, sponsored by Senator Johnson and Representative Vaught, banning foreign parties from nine enemy countries from owning agricultural land in Arkansas. And today, we are acting on that law. I'm announcing that Syngenta, a Chinese state-owned agrochemical company, must give up its land holdings in Arkansas. Syngenta owns 160 acres in northeast Arkansas, which it uses primarily for seed research. The company that owns Syngenta, Kim China, is also on the Department of Defense's list of Chinese military... Chinese military... Is holding, is holding land in Arkansas. Not anymore, they're not. Not after Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, get out. We're taking the land back. Carpe diem, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That is a big F you to all the liberals. Man, I never thought Arkansas would be a desirable place to live, but I'm starting to think it is. 
See what happens when you have the, the best leaders involved? When you have true leadership, those places become very, very attractive for relocation. Let's see you do that, slick-haired Gavin Newsom. Let's see you tell the Chinese where to go. Not in a million years. I would say give Sarah Huckabee Sanders a gratis can of Monster Energy drink, but she doesn't need it. She already had it, apparently. She not only gave herself a punch of energy to get going, she gave the Chinese a punch right in the mouth. She was able to use that Monster Energy drink to have the courage and the focus and the strength to be her best, to be at the top of her game, to pursue victory against the Chinese, and then she did it. Folks, that's what Monster Energy Drink will do for you. Give it a go in the morning. Might might want another one at lunch. But you'll have energy. You'll get through your work day. And you'll feel better. You won't be dragging. You won't be lacking in energy. You won't be lacking in focus. Monster Energy Drink, everything they sponsor turns into a fun event. That's another bonus. Because they're not just a drink. Monster Energy Drink is a lifestyle in a can. And that lifestyle entails bringing your favorite bands to your hometown throwing parties around the event, sponsoring sporting events, throwing parties around those events, making them fun to go to. Unleash the beast in you with Monster Energy Drink. They also have a diet Monster Energy Drink. No sugar, 10 calories, sugar-free. That's the one I drink. All right, we're going to take a break, but we will be back, and our phone lines will be open for you, 636-348-4460.
Father Brown knew the time was coming soon. With so much left to say, I prayed, Lord, I ain't finished. Just give us five more. back in kevin slayton with you on this thursday morning we welcome you to the monster energy drink stl-cars.com window world king's court on kevin show.com don't forget our sports show this afternoon we will be live at the irish gypsy pub and grill in o'fallon missouri on Bryan road the irish gypsy pub and grill this afternoon come on out noon to two to see us we'll do our sports show there our good friends at stl-cars.com though Want to report that they had a great weekend. They appreciate our listeners' support. They're selling cars. They're flying. I'll tell you what, just go to stl-cars.com and make it easy on yourself. Used car for the kids, an extra car for the family, SUV, you need a truck, you need a pickup. 314-626-3251 is the phone number. But before you call that number, go to stl-cars.com, look at the inventory on the website, There's over a 1,000 vehicles there for you to choose from. Pick the one you want. Call that number and ask for Don. Call or text 314-626-3251. 626-3251. Tell Don what you want. Tell him what you want to pay, and he'll get it for you. Now, if it's not on the website exactly what you want, call or text him anyway. Tell him what you want. 314-626-3251. And he'll get it for you. He has a vast inventory around the country where he draws from. My last one, I've I've purchased three vehicles from him through the years. My last one came from Tennessee. My son just got an SUV that came from Alabama. Join the club. Don't make car buying feel like a dentist appointment. Call or text Don at stl-cars.com with the car of your choice. 314-626-3251. I promise you, if you're in the car looking business, you'll be happy you made that call. No doubt about it. Our phone lines are open, 636-348-4460. Hey, here's some good news. Cher says that if Trump gets reelected, she'll leave the country. Now, she's made this promise before, so why should we believe her? Well, she tweets out that she almost got an ulcer the last time. 
If he gets in, who knows? This time I will leave the country. Please leave. In fact, here's an idea. Don't wait for Trump. Let us leave. Sherilyn Sarkeesian, that's her real name. Please leave. Come on. Do us all a favor. You plastic surgery enhanced hag. Do us a favor. Get out. In fact, the more we can weed people like Cher out of our country, the better we'll be as a country. Remember back in 2019 when she tweeted out, I understand helping struggling immigrants, but my city, Los Angeles, isn't taking care of its own. What about the 50,000-plus citizens who live on the streets, people who live below poverty line in Hungary? If my state can't take care of its own, many are veterans, how can it take care of more? To which Donald Trump, by the way, at that time tweeted, I finally agree with Cher. (laughs) But why didn't Cher do something about those 50,000 people living on the streets? She's got billions. Come on, Cher. Open up your door. You live in a big mansion. Open up the doors for these poor homeless people that you're so worried about. Give them a place to stay. Your house. It's not a bad idea. All you liberal psychopaths, why don't you do it? Because what liberals all have in common is this. A big mouth, and they never back it up. But they love to hear themselves talk. They love to hear themselves complain. They love to accuse the Israelis of doing something wrong. They love that one. They're all pro-Israel until Israel needs help. Then it's, oops, we didn't really mean that. We just want Trump out. Oh, he's not in yet? Well, we'll do something to keep him from getting in. We'll go ahead and have him arrested. How's that float your boat? I'm sure it does. Crazy bastards. So the leave share, do us all a big favor. Wouldn't it be cool if we heard the share was leaving? Now, I don't want just her to leave, though. Rid us of all of them. That's the way to go. But that was good news. I was happy about that. Hey, by the way, while you're busy prosecuting these insurrectionists from yesterday's takeover of the Capitol, why don't you treat them exactly like you treat the Proud Boys? The Department of Justice is appealing the sentences of five of the Proud Boys who were convicted on January 6th insurrection charges. They're trying to add more years to their already unbelievably high prison sentences for nonviolent offenses. They're trying to justify harsher penalties for all of the January 6th folks who've been sentenced for one fake crime after another. Remember, Henry Enrique Tarrio was sentenced on uh, uh, to 22 years, I should say, sentenced to 22 years in prison. He wasn't even in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. 22 years in prison. He was sentenced by a U.S. District Court Judge, Timothy Kelly, who was appointed by President Trump. 
This shows you how corrupt judges are. One of the biggest problems in this country that we don't deal with, and I don't know how we deal with it, is the corruption of the judiciary. Judges are so ungodly corrupt. They're political activists nowadays. They don't rule on the evidence. There's no sense taking evidence into court. I heard a story yesterday. Wait to hear this. Of a woman who was 18 years old, a mother, a single mother, was driving. She was hit by another motorist, knocked out of, flying out of her car into mud and leaves. She somehow got up, concussed, didn't know where she was, got back in her car. And as she was sitting in her car, a drunk driver came flying down the road and smashed into her head on. She somehow survived that. It took the jaws of life from the fireman to get her out. The drunk driver who hit her died in the accident. She was convicted and sentenced to four years in prison of reckless driving. She wasn't even driving. She wasn't drunk. No alcohol in her system. No drugs. And she's sentenced to four years. She just got out. So someone who's drunk hits you after you've already been hit. They never did find the first motorist, by the way. Never found him. The drunk dies and she is convicted of vehicular manslaughter and reckless driving. Four years in jail. What kind of a judge does that? Now, we're in the process of tracking that judge down. We're going to invite him to come on the show. He won't come on because he's a coward. But this is what the judiciary has become in this country. And so they want more harsh sentences, longer sentences for the Proud Boys, as I said, one of which got 22 years and wasn't even there. Wasn't even there. It's pretty sad. I think it's really sad, actually. <laughs> Isn't it awesome how the liberals have awakened all of a sudden now to the kind of treatment that they've been dealing out to us because they see what's happening with the Jewish situation? And they know, some of them who are Jews, that all of these Democrats have been lying all along. But they've been calling us racists and haters for 20 years. Plus, keep going. And they had those self-congratulating attitudes that followed 9-11. It showed us all what the Islamists were up to and what they wanted to do to America. But we were warned and we were lectured by those Democrats then that it could be racism or religious intolerance if we, in any form, at any time, dared to warn Americans that these Arab terrorists might be dangerous to our country. Remember, Trump was accused of a Muslim ban when he wanted to vet out people from certain countries, a handful of them, that were likely terrorists getting into our country. Sounds like smart politics to me, smart business. But not with the Democrats. They wailed like stuck pigs. Didn't matter. Trump succeeded. 
Christopher Ray refers to a spike in domestic threats linked to Israel's war against Hamas militants. Look, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of people that make threats, but if Jewish people are threatening Hamas people, I have no problem with that. These are killers, murderers. At least, at least give Eric Adams, the Democrat mayor of New York City, a little credit here this time. He says, we're not all right when we see grandmothers being pulled away from their homes and children shot in front of their families. We're not all right when Hamas believes they are fighting on behalf of something and the destructive and despicable actions they carried out. This was intentional. This was something that shows Hamas must be disbanded and destroyed immediately. Now, he's a liberal. I'm sure he was back on 9-11 in New York when he was a cop, telling us all, well, you know, we shouldn't be quick to condemn the the Arab community after all. You heard one of our guests earlier, a clip on the show, when he said that Arab children are indoctrinated at a young age in their schools to hate and desire to kill all Israelis, all Jews must die. That's the mantra of the Palestinians and the Arab nations. No matter that Jared Kushner was able to negotiate the Abraham Accords, if I were Jewish, I wouldn't trust those. I wouldn't trust those countries. They haven't violated anything so far that we know of. Imagine what life would be like growing up in Israel where you were surrounded on all sides by countries that hate your very existence. And don't want you to exist. They want you to die. Even the more peaceful ones, like Jordan. Would you trust them? King Abdullah and King Abdullah II have seemingly been the kind of people that hold their countries in check. But we never know for sure. Never. So when I hear these liberals now coming out about this, oh, yes, this, this was intentional. What, what do you think September 11th was? You think that was an accident? Huh. It didn't seem like an accident. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm an Islamophobe. Isn't that what they called you? You're an Islamophobe. Why? Because you believe that the Arabs brought down the Twin Towers on purpose. Okay. Then I'm an Islamophobe. You're right. You got me. Convicted. I'm it. Phone lines open for you. 636-348-4460. But it does amaze you how awakened all of a sudden they are. Hey, did you see Victoria's Secret? Uh, there's been a lot of guys who've done their Christmas shopping or birthday shopping or anniversary shopping at Victoria's Secret. By the way, it's secret singular. It's not plural. People call it Victoria's Secrets. They also call Chase Daniel, the quarterback at Missouri, who used to play their Chase Daniels. Uh, that's not the, the case either. That drives me crazy. But at Victoria's Secret, they have been in free fall economically. So they're they're desperately now trying to repair 
their image. They're trying to become hypersexualized again, apparently. A lot of branding changes. They've canceled the uh, Victoria's Secret fashion show. This is what they did before. They, they did, didn't do it now. Remember they added a transgender and disabled models to its roster? Well, you were selling sex and people didn't really go for that. So a lot of other competition all of a sudden entered the lingerie market. Kim Kardashian for one. And so Victoria's Secret was in free fall. But now they're trying to make a comeback. And I don't know what the comeback's going to actually look like. But who knows? They decided that they're focusing on their sexiness again. And they think that will increase sales. One of their investors, the brand president, declared that sexiness can be inclusive. (laughs) You keep talking like that, Buster, and you're doomed. This inclusivity crap. You'll have a few idiots, liberals, who will go for it, but not real people. Because they don't care. They just don't. So we'll see how that company rebounds after they went woke. Go woke, go broke. Even the underwear companies go broke when you go woke. <laughs> All the liberals love. Here's, the, here's what I've noticed about business owners and businesses. Apparently liberals run businesses into the ground because they're too stupid. They have to, they have to buy into the woke. Whereas the conservative business owner doesn't even mention it. They're too smart to even get in the middle of it. Because they know it can only be disaster. I don't see restaurants, for instance, with signs that say, we only serve conservatives. They don't say that. Our show welcomes liberals onto the show. We don't ban liberals. We want them, actually. Now, they're too cowardly to come on. But we'd love them to come on. There's nothing more interesting and fun for me than debating a liberal. Because when you go into the debate, you know they don't have any ammunition. That's the best fight you can ever have. They have no idea what they're talking about. They'll spew nonsensical verbiage that you can shoot down like you're shooting ducks in a pond. And it's pretty simple. And couple that with the fact that they're not bright to begin with. It's a winning formula. So no one should ever downgrade the fun that you can have debating a liberal. It's fun. Very much fun. On the sports front, this is disturbing. This was sent to me this morning. If If you're a Cardinal fan, the Cardinals issued this statement today on their website. The Cardinal organization is proud to join Major League Baseball in celebration of Spirit Day and standing in support of LGBTQ youth and against bullying. So the Cardinals issued this big picture with this Cardinal logo on it. Stand against bullying, Spirit Day. Why do the Cardinals feel the need to do these stupid things like this? Remember how they got involved with Black Lives Matter and how it blew up in their face? Major League Baseball got involved in that too. 
the NFL gets involved and racism at the back of the end zone. They've lost millions of fans, millions. But why do the Cardinals basically say, we haven't learned our lesson? We're not real bright. So rather than go after pitchers that the Cardinals desperately need, they involve themselves in spirit day, stand up against bullying. So that's the first offseason move the Cardinals have fired to get better. That shot across the bow isn't going to help them at all. It's going nowhere. It's going to hurt them. I guess if the Cardinals could have their way, they would sign five starting pitchers, all of whom are transgenders, weirdos, freaks, crackpots. That might be the way, huh? So it's doubly disturbing about the DeWitts because they've been staunch conservative Republicans their whole life. It just shows you how Republicans can cave because they don't have a spine and jump in with the liberal crowd at a moment's notice. But you have to have courage to stand up for your convictions, whether you're wrong or right. If you believe something, stand up for it. Everything about my knowledge of the DeWitt family says they're conservatives, but they won't stand up for it. They cave in. What per- Like I asked Bill DeWitt III when they were involved in the Black Lives Matter crap. I said, what percentage of your audience is black? He said, you mean the fans that come to the game and pay their way in? I said, yeah. What percentage? He said, 5 or 6%. I said, so you're willing to risk alienating 95% of your fan base for the 5% that you want to cater to. Is that what you're telling me? He said, well, that's not really how it is. I said, well, no, that's exactly how it is. And it didn't work out well for the Cardinals. They immediately disassociated from Black Lives Matter. I tried to tell Bill DeWitt that people identify the Black Lives Matter quote-unquote movement with the Black Lives Matter people that are corrupt and criminal. Well, no, they separate it. No, they don't. And he found out they didn't. Well, that's going to wrap us for today's show. Don't forget, we're back fighting the good fight again tomorrow morning for you right here in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World Kings Court. Our sports show is on the road today. At noon, we will be at the Irish Gypsy Pub and Grill in O'Fallon on Bryan Road. So come on out and see us there. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. (laughs) 